This is another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast brought to you by Comedy Here Often and produced by Comedy Here Often. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, we are finally back again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I once again, I had so much uh, fun with uh, our guest last week. And so I brought his dumb ass back. Ladies and gentlemen, be easy, the homie. What's good, homie, dog? Oh, so I'm fun, but I'm dumb. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you late as shit, too. Like, I got, <laughs> like, ladies and gentlemen, I had, like, told this guy from 2 p.m. 2 p.m. You want, not even, no, sorry. I messaged him in the morning at, like, 10 a.m. Do you want to come do the podcast? Can you come by 2 p.m.? I have things to do. Ladies and gentlemen, this motherfucker messages me at 2 p.m. like, hey, I'm up. Motherfucker, what is wrong with you? <laughs> then he goes, say, I'm going to have a shower. Be right over. It is fucking 5 o'clock now. <laughs> 5 o'clock now, and he now shows up. I have to teach a class and do a dress rehearsal for a Zoom show, which I think is stupid. At the same time, at 5.30, and so we're trying to knock this podcast out real quick. So, okay, yeah, a, a couple of key yeah, points. Yeah, you are dumb, motherfucker. A, a couple of key points. Uh, number one, fuck you. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, I look damn good, so I think it was worth the wait. You know what I'm saying? Number three, I ain't never seen Sterling Scott start anything on time in his entire life. Uh, first of all, it's a goddamn radio show, if anything, <laughs> so nobody cares a fuck what you look like. <laughs> Second of all, nigga, you still late. <laughs> 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 Priorities, <laughs> yo. I, that, that's something that I don't even think uh, I touched on with the with with my dedicated forty. I was asked a few weeks ago uh, to be a comedy class teacher. Now I accepted because times are rough, people, uh, and I took on this new venture. First of all, being a comedy class teacher, I'm conflicted because. I'm one of the number one people that would tell you don't ever do a comedy class. <laughs> yeah, yo, you and have to. Now, and now I'm the one teaching the motherfucker. <laughs> so it's like uh, it was a new journey for me. It's uh, I still will tell you guys that the best way to learn comedy is to be on stage. But I mean, looking at and taking on my students and seeing their personalities, I'm understanding because it's like for them, stand up comedy is like this completely foreign language. Uh, and, and, and the industry in itself, they don't even understand. And it's just like, it seems like this big mystery to them. Uh, whereas it's the simplest thing ever. Like somebody was like, can you uh, provide a, a study guide? And I'm like, study guide? <laughs> Motherfucker, we go work on some jokes. That's what the study guide <laughs> go be. When yeah. we done, you go have five minutes of jokes. Then you go tell them. That's how this works. Yeah. I don't know what study guide you need for this shit, but... But like, uh, yo, B, you actually went to a, a, a took a comedy class. Um, um, tell me your experience and what you got out of that shit, yo. Because I'm a teacher now and I'm trying to learn, but at the same time, I'm still gonna make fun of your ass because who the fuck takes a comedy class? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know how many years ago it was. Uh, I took Paul Savine's comedy class. Shout out to him. Uh, he's an amazing teacher, and it went uh, it went great. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he. he was very positive, you know what I'm saying, and, and just kind of gave us a couple tools and, and stuff like that. Um, I I had never been on stage, you know what I'm saying, when I took that class. That was like my gateway into comedy. Um, so was that what, it, so like, okay, my thing is, though, <coughs> what was it that made you say, I would like to do stand-up comedy, I should take a class? 
Actually, man, I was going through some, some, you know what I'm saying, some tough times in my life, you know what I'm saying, just in general. And a friend, a really close friend of mine actually um, paid for the course for me like a gift. You know what I'm saying? It was like, hey, you should try this. We, we were having conversations one day about, <laughs> I remember saying, uh, you know, talking about things that I'm good at. And I was like, man, talking shit. Definitely. And she's, I was like, man, if, if only I could get paid to do that. And then the next time I went over there, she was like, oh, I got you this. <laughs> so you could talk shit and get paid for it. It's funny that you not only figured out a way to get paid for talking shit, but you still talk shit when you show the fuck up late. <laughs> yeah, listen, Ed, I'm, I, I, that's what I do, man. I talk shit. Big shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, give, I have no regrets unapologetically. So then, like, what things, what elements of that class uh, that you, like, what things did you learn in that class that, uh, that helped you on your journey in comedy? I'm asking as a as a person who wants to be able to be a great teacher. So I'm just like, you know, what is the stuff that you like? And then I'm going to tell you all the fuck-ups that I've done. Yeah, I don't know if uh, – I don't really know how much I've necessarily learned, like, the way you're saying it. I really – comedy is one of those things, as you know, like, you kind of don't learn much until you're on stage. You know what I'm saying? But what that class gave me was the confidence um, and, and, and a little bit of uh, information needed to – prepare myself for my first time getting on stage right like a lot of people that's their that a lot of people don't do comedy because they're afraid of that first time like it's it's, it's the fear and uh yeah man just just being able to get my uh my set together you know what I'm saying not not writing a joke but more just um getting uh, a story it, it, that's what I did I did a story from when I was a kid right that I had told several times in my life and and, and um yeah man he just kind of He's kind of put me on the right track, guided me towards, you know what I'm saying, where I was going. And I, I had a great time. And I went up on stage, and I bombed. And as a matter of fact, I bombed so bad, I didn't even finish my joke. I couldn't remember the joke, because all I kept hearing was the silence. Like, <laughs> I was like, damn. Yo, silence is loud, <laughs> Yeah. Yo, when, yo, only people, only entertainers can understand what I mean when I say <laughs> yeah. silence is loud, man. Yeah. You hear that silence in your sleep, boy. Yeah. Like you, that, that silence. That I, silence keep you awake at night. You can, oh, yeah. man, it'll wake you up. What do you hear? Yeah. Nothing, yeah. motherfucker. That's the problem. For like, real. I'll tell you right now, that's a real thing. So, okay, I, I guess I'm a, uh, okay, a long time ago, I used to give advice all the time to young comedians, and, um. I'm very passionate about stand-up comedy, and I could talk about it all day, every day, which is uh, one of the reasons why I took the class. The other reason why I took the class was because I felt that if I'm teaching the class, I'll then learn myself. Right. And then the final reason was because I'm broke, and I <laughs> needed that goddamn check, okay. and they were paying cha-cha-cheddar. <laughs> so um, my students, um, I don't know if I'm being too hard on them. But, like, when I started out telling, giving advice to young comics, another veteran comic said to me, stop giving advice. And I said, why? And he said, because you're telling them everything right, but they're nowhere near the level that they are required to be at to understand what you're saying. And uh, I didn't get it till years later when young comics were like, remember what you said three years ago? Now I get it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, shoot, like, for real, like, Maybe I'm passing on because I'm like, I see comedy, you know, it's easier for me and I see it in a different, a different way. So in my class, um, every single class I teach, uh, st I start out with uh, uh, getting started in comedy, which is like, what are open mics? Where do you go to get booked? Yeah. How do you get booked? Mm -hmm. uh, then I teach them some terminologies 
you know, like, what does it mean to bomb, kill, you know, stuff like that. What is a hack? What is a heckler? And then I teach them um, etiquette. What time should you show up to a show? How do you get booked at a show? Where do you sit at a comedy show? You know what I mean? Like, when I was a comedian, I got in trouble for that one time for sitting in the front row. Yeah. Um, then after I teach that, then I teach them the structure of a joke. This is all in the first class, by the way. Mm. Then we go through the structure of the joke, which is the way. Now, of course, when I say the structure of a joke, everybody's going to have their own terminology, their own way to say it. But how I break it down is your uh, what are you saying? Why are you saying it? And make that shit funny. Um, like, what are you saying comes under premise? So, for any comedians, you know what I'm talking about, like your premise. What's the idea? What is the idea of what you're talking about? The next thing is the why. Because a lot of comedians, when they write a joke, the joke sucks because there's no why. Like, they'll just talk. They'll be like, um, so there's a couch over there. Okay, but why are you talking about that couch? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the significance of that couch to you? Because they just interpret it as they know their reason for it, but they never put put that out to the audience, right, right. which makes for a shit joke. Yep. So what happens Done is it. after you establish what you're talking about, the next thing you should know is why are we talking about this? Right. And then that point is where it's like this is where your passion, your direction, your standpoint, your feelings, your beliefs on said subject are are pushed out. Now, in this section is where you will get laughs, and people will think, oh, these are your punchlines. And the reality is, no, that's your why. Now, the real punchline comes when you solve that problem. So we know what you're talking about. We know why you were talking about it. And now that make that shit funny, to put a bow on it is, is, is the uh, solving of the issue of what you were talking about. And in that, you'll get a massive laugh that's bigger then your why laughs, and that completes your joke. And so after I teach them that structure, we then, every single class, have to give me a premise, a why, and make that shit funny. And then at the end of class, everybody performs for three minutes, regardless of what they have. And so I do that every single class. Nice. And then um, uh, what I'm trying to teach them, though, is because, like, you know, it's the what what comedy on Zoom is hard. Comedy on Zoom is hard for professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it starting out as an amateur who's never done comedy, and now you're in a format that is hard for professionals. Yeah, it's gonna be a weird, awkward class. But the one thing that I have, because I have eight classes with them, so after five classes, they should have five minutes of jokes, and then the next three classes, I spend with them strictly on their performance. So that way, they know the terminologies, they know where to get started, and they've got their first five when you walk out of my class. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to uh, accomplish. And I'm not going to lie. Yo, I feel like I'm too hard on the kids, man. I'm like, well, they're not kids. There's, a, there's, there's some old motherfuckers in my class. But, like, <laughs> I feel like uh, maybe because, like, this is how I move, right? That's my process. This is what I do, how I how – I, as a professional, how do I work? This is how I work. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And uh, my work is very effective. Uh, my, my, you know, like, and I'm trying to there, show there, them these there's things. No room, there's no room for being soft in comedy, let's be honest, right? Like, to be, to you know, to baby somebody. Like, you, like for instance, you don't baby me, you know what I'm saying? I, I've been doing comedy with you for a couple of years now. <clears throat> and you said it to me several times. I'm throwing you in today. You know what I'm saying? Today's the day where I'm just throwing you into the fire. And it's like, essentially... I appreciate that more than if you would have baby me because 
I'm not learning shit if you baby me. You know what I'm saying? We did that. Uh, for I ain't babying your six foot four <laughs> ass. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying, though. You know what I mean? As far as comedy Giant goes, man in the living room talking about, you go baby me? No. <laughs> you ain't fitting in no goddamn car seats, nigga. Oh, <laughs> uh, But you know what I mean? We did that Fort, that Fort St. John. Uh, oh, that was a hard one. Yeah, yeah. That was know? hard. Yeah. And that was, was like, definitely... Uh, uh, Throw your ass in the fire, yeah, because yeah. that was set up for you to lose, right, right. And even the and whole, you came through, you yeah. came through winning, you yeah. came through stunting. I'm not gonna <laughs> I lie, did you, all right. you, you did your thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and but that is a perfect example of well, because the way I look at it is, when I was coming up, I had a lot of desires to be on certain stages or on certain crowds, and people would always tell me, "You're not ready, you're not ready." And it's like, how will I ever know if I'm ready if you never give me the opportunity? And so now when I'm in my position of power and someone's like, I'm ready, I'm like, show me. I'm going to yeah. put you up there because at the end of the day, when you come off that stage, you're not going to ask me if you're ready or not anymore. You know right. if you're ready or not. You exactly. don't have to ask me if you've killed. If you're a- after you kill, you know it. So all you're asking me is to give you more admiration. <laughs> and if you bomb, you fucking know you bomb. Yeah. And you don't need me to pat you on the back at that point either because what you're never going to do is tell me that you're ready again <laughs> until you're fucking ready. <laughs> because I live and die in that world. Like, this, th- that, that opportunity I gave you is where I work. That's where I live. Yeah. So if you want to become a comedian... This is the ocean, baby. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's comedy. Driving out to a weird-ass little town uh, <laughs> with a bunch of people who you don't identify with, will never be friends or hang out with, and you've got to go on stage to these 150 people and in five minutes make them fall in love with you. That is fucking insane. Yeah. And if you want that, come get some. Because <laughs> that's where I live. Yeah. It's and you uh, did it, so... That's why I was like, I wanted to know about the class. Because like I said, man, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, but I, I want results. Because I'm like, yo, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I have a very strong inclination that people are going to be, listen, everybody, my dedicated 40. I talk mad shit about comedy classes. Okay? I talk mad shit Big about shit. them. I say, don't do them. I say, fuck comedy classes. The only way you learn is on stage. I, so th- now, This nigga roasted the shit out of me one yes. day when I told him. <laughs> that that's how I started comedy was was taking a class. Yes, yes, because that <laughs> shit is hilarious to me. And so now I'm a comedy class teacher. I have become the hypocrite. And so if my students don't come out banging, <laughs> if my students don't come out whooping ass, I have a very strong feeling I'm gonna get a lot of backlash that I will deserve <laughs> yeah. from the comedy community for all the shit I've talked. Absolutely. Because I'm a teacher at the Grindstone Theater. And the Grindstone Theater just opened back up. And so nobody knows that I'm a teacher there yet. (laughs) (laughs) But as soon as they start doing live performances, actually in March, they're going to know because they apparently uh, the Grindstone's been so happy with my teaching that they are actually going to. uh, So you're a good comedy teacher. Okay, all right. Yo, I got to do like uh, teaser seminars for their to, to recruit more people and stuff. And it's where people can come in and watch me teach. Man, I'm gonna get you the, the you know the the jacket with the elbows. Uh, yeah, I deserve one. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just make sure that there's like a little inside slot for a Mickey and a joint. <laughs> I'm gonna come in and start saying, well, "How do you feel?" Like I'm sorry, <laughs> like yo, man. And, uh, and it's crazy because uh, we're doing this podcast and I'm smoking weed, 
and I, uh, as soon as this podcast is done, I have to log on and teach a class, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like, I, this is just who I am, man, like, ah, <laughs> oh, man, I just can't stop being this piece of shit, like, <laughs> Hey, you show me a teacher that doesn't smoke weed, and I'll show you a frustrated motherfucker. <laughs> I, well, I will show you my high school because I saw some frustrated motherfuckers. <laughs> yo. I once saw a gym teacher pick up a desk and threaten to fight the student in the middle of the class, and I said, "God damn, Miss <laughs> Tomasikio, a bad bitch." <laughs> yeah, she was a female gym teacher, and she grabbed Andrew Williams' desk and whipped it out of the way. <laughs> It said, you want to do this, Andrew? Oh, Let's go. <laughs> Andrew pumped out, didn't he? Yo, and, <laughs> well, okay. Andrew, in his defense, he was like, he was a real, like, hood dude, like, muscular, like, rob people type of dude. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. And he didn't feel like, he's like, I didn't know there was a test today. And <laughs> she's like, it doesn't matter. You missed the class. Now you go write this test. And then he knock the test off the desk. Oh, shit. You know, signifying mana mana batman. <laughs> and then when he did that, the teacher was like, se fe, se blood clot fe. Because she picked up his desk, threw it to the left, like she was Beyonce, packing up fucking her man's them things, and said, Andrew, you want to do this? Wow. <laughs> and he was sitting there, and, and this is where I'm like, I don't know if he was scared or if he really, because he's a, like, he could hurt people, right? right? But, like, I had never, she was ready. Like, she was, <laughs> like, the, the fire in her, she was like, this is what we play for. Like, she's like, I can't wait to fight you. And he laughed, got up, and just walked out the class. And he told us later on, he's like, if I was to hit her, I'm going to jail, still, still bro. Jail today. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to jail, bro. That's stupid. He's like, she weighs like a buck oh five, bro. I slam people. Like he used to like beat up dude. He was in grade nine. He was body slamming people in in grade twelve in the hallway for real. Like picking Damn. them up, slamming them in the floor because they were like, we're gonna initiate you. And then he would stomp them out. Yeah. For trying to initiate him. Yeah. So. It would have been a good fight. That's all I'm saying. It would <laughs> it would have been a good fight because she definitely had her opening move because she was like crouched down low, hands spread, like she was in her self defense class. Like she, she was, was like, like your, she was like your ex girlfriend. She when was you, when like you trying to kick her out. She was like J Lo in enough. You know what I mean? She was ready to rock, baby. Okay. But Andrew is like a certified pe- person that would rob people, and so I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be crazy. Yeah, we grew up in a different time, man. Cause like, I, I had a teacher try to fight me too. Yeah, so I, he punched me in the stomach. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god, what happened? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was passing notes with this girl, mad cute. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to her. I won't even say her name, but uh, she passed me a note. You know what I'm saying? And it had all kind of ratchet shit on the note. I'm keep it real. I was in like the eighth grade, I think. She had all kind of ratchet shit. You the had eighth a very is. young and terrible life. Ratchet, ratchet, <laughs> yeah, always. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the teacher saw her pass it to me and starts walking over to me immediately. You know what I'm saying? With that, you know what I'm saying? He had that face like, <laughs> like, oh, you, you son of a bitch. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. And uh, yeah, man, while he's walking over to me, I just crumpled the whole paper up and put it in my mouth. Y'all was like, fuck it. <laughs> you ain't getting this shit. You know what I'm saying? He's still, he's yeah. still doing fat people's stuff. <laughs> and first reaction is to eat the goddamn yeah. paper. Hey, what's he going to do? True. So, what's you know he going to do? Yeah. So I'll tell you what he's going to do. 
he walked up to me and punched me in the stomach real quick. <laughs> <I was laughs> yeah, legit. Like he just, he just like somebody saw me put it in my mouth. He went from walking to running, and he just, huh, and I, and it worked because I spit that shit out. I said, "What the fuck?" That's funny though. Yeah, but we had, you know what, man? We had a fucked up teacher too, and this is not when we were in the age where we should be taking punches. This was grade two, and <laughs> his name was Mr. Murphy, yeah. and Mr. Murphy had an anger problem. Mr. Murphy, and this is real shit, man. Yo, Mr. Murphy once taped a student to the bar, the chalkboard. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm talking, the chalkboard is not on the floor. The yeah. chalkboard is off the ground, <laughs> and there's a student taped to the wall. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck, Mr. Murphy? And I'll never forget, I went to class. So Mr. Murphy, uh, it was recess. It was an indoor recess, and Mr. Murphy was patrolling the halls. And in indoor recess in grade one, you're a lunatic. You know what I mean? You, you go crazy. Yeah. And so we were going crazy because we had a supply teacher. And everybody knows when you have a supply teacher, it's fuck the world. Don't ask me for shit. Mm. Right? So not only that, but I'm in grade one, so I'm already a badass. So we decide it's while out time, indoor recess, fuck what the teacher says. And Mr. Murphy walks in to uh, check on us and sees that we're going chaotic. The whole room stops. Except this one little white boy. i never forget him. He sat next to me. His name was Bobby. i never forget Bobby. Because <laughs> Bobby was like, nah, man, enough's enough. War paint on, baby. Bobby decides while well, everybody is shrinking back to their desk, Bobby decides to walk up to Mr. Murphy and be like, what you doing here, Mr. Murphy? And Mr. Murphy was like, get back in your seat. And he's like, nah. <laughs> when he said nah, everybody just gasped. We're like, <gasps> And he picked Bobby up from the front of his shirt, like off the ground. And wow. he said, you get in your desk right now. And then he let him go from the top and dropped him on the ground. Wow. Bobby locks onto his legs and goes, Mr. Murphy Bell Bottoms, you got a girlfriend. <laughs> the class erupts. <laughs> Mr. Murphy's face is red. He's trying to kick Bobby off. He literally turns, raises his foot to stomp him. And he looks up at the teacher, eyes just burning fire. And he just drags Bobby down the hall. Bobby refuses to let go. He takes him to the office that way. And then Bobby, we saw him at lunch, and he was a god. But he got fucking suspended, and he never came back. But, yo, Mr. Murphy was abusive like that. And after that... Like, the fire was just gone. Like, Bobby, Bobby, if you, if I ever get to meet that guy again, you a wild <laughs> motherfucker, dog. He took on the demon. Like. Oh, shit. Yeah, I don't have some, I don't have some wild shit happen at school, but, you know, we probably shouldn't talk about all of this. Kind of I know, we don't have the time to get into all of that, yeah, man, yeah. but we will because, I mean, damn. I mean, like, whew, the traumatization in our young lives. Uh, well, speaking in current events uh, for everybody, Yo, uh, the Jay-Z, uh, the Jay-Z, how fucking old am I? So Jay-Z uh, combined uh, with uh, Ace of Spades, got bought out half of, I think it was by Hennessy, Moet Hennessy. Uh, yeah, I heard, yeah. And, like, uh, obviously nobody's going to say anything bad uh, towards it um, and think it's a great deal. I do think it's a good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't know, man, because it's like I didn't read the details of the deal. Because as far as that looks like to me, it's like he got rich, and now when we buy Ace of Spades, it's going to their pockets. Yeah. Is that what's happening? Because uh, I'm not, I'm not 100. I, I didn't really read the details either. But yeah, 
it sounds like well, because doesn't, doesn't that really seem like yo, motherfucker? I'm rich and y'all motherfuckers give your money to him. I'm out. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey. like, like, like. I mean, maybe I'm overthinking it, but it's like, wait a minute. If they bought in for half, they gave him a shit ton of money for that half. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for that part, but wait a minute. Every time we buy your shit, now they get that money. The best thing for us to do right now is to just stop buying Ace of Spades. I was going to say, find, a new, find, a, find another, yes. you know what I'm saying? Find another new black business. And then and get out of it, yeah. And, like he, and help them he got make the, it to that spot, too. Exactly. And then do it. That's just because, like, like, he got the money. He yeah, got the yeah, money, yeah. so we're happy for him. Praises to him. It's endgame. Right? And it's like, okay, here's how we pull the rug out from these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> After you paid all that money, you just say, and now we're not buying your shit. Reparations, bitch. Like, Yo, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if Jay was already on that tip. If Jay already had a small business that says, you know what, I'm going to help you all out. Give me, yeah. give, give, me, give me two months. Some Crippa-Cola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Well, yeah. that's what I'm, I'm, I'm hoping happens because, like, I don't really see it as, like, a racial equality thing when these uh, companies who are infamously known for being racially biased towards us mm-hmm. all of a sudden buys into the black community. Yeah. It's, I think it's that they do it because they know that the buying power of the black community is that, well, we still don't know how to act right with money in, mm-hmm. a, in a majority sense. Yeah. You know, obviously there's going to be black people listening and being like, what, fuck that shit. And there's other black people like buying stuff right now while like, man, fuck you. But <laughs> like, in general, we don't do well. Uh, with saving our finances, we like to spend. We mm-hmm. like to blow that dough, right? So uh, I feel like they're looking at it as an opportunity to capitalize on that income, not care about our community. Yeah. And the only way I would ever see them try to care about the community is I see what their actions are when they start getting that dough, mm-hmm. right? But then again, it's like, am I going too far? Because I'm like, man, see, I don't put that bias on a black person because when they're getting that dough, I'm like, get it quickly. They're going to get you. Like, <laughs> yeah, like like I'm just like get it quickly and run away, <laughs> run! Because I'm like, you know what I mean? Like you can't stay famous too long as a black person. They go, they go get you. Yep. They go get you. And so uh, I don't put that bias on black companies. But when it's like uh, a non-black company, I'm sitting there like, you better keep it all back. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know we bought your stuff. Now give it back. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I don't know. But am I am I going to? Am I thinking too deep? Or am I am I am I is my militant hat on too hard? Uh, I don't know, man. I I, I kind of sort of feel like you can't never have your militant hat on too hard. But then then we've all seen those, you know, we've all seen those people who was like, oh yeah, you did too. Nah, much. I know a couple people. Yeah. whose militant hat is way too damn tight. Yeah, yeah. They oh, get man. they get they get mad about everything. They be like they yeah. get mad about everything, and it's just like goddamn. Like for example, in the news. The dude that plays Dr. Hibbert's voice on The Simpsons is a white guy, and he's now stepping down because he's like, I don't want to, you know, voice a black person so that, you know. They cancel me next week. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, well, they go have to kill Dr. Hibbert because if I hear any other voice, I'm going to be like, ew. Yeah. You know so, what I'm saying? So in other words. I don't think that's a big deal. I, like, for me, that is, that's not helping the situation. That is a, that is a voice actor making a voice. Well, now he's responsible for the death of a black ca- character. So. Well, that's not his fault. It's him, have, like him being pressured and stepping down is yeah. what I feel. And listen, as a black person, uh, with all the struggles we have going on right now, the last thing I give a fuck about is who the fuck is voicing a cartoon character. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially one that we've all come to love over the years. Mm-hmm. I love Doctor Hibbert and his silly little laugh. Absolutely. Now, now I'm gonna have to hear another motherfucker. 
And it's just like, it's never going to sound right. He's going to yeah. sound like Jerome off of Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about Jerome off of Martin. <laughs> I said Jerome. Watch your mind. That'd be even more racist if they like replaced the Dr. Hibbert voice with like a Cardi B male version. And be like, ah, let me open your mouth and go, ah, let me check your tab out. I got to put it in your booty. <laughs> you got a wet-ass booty. And it's like, what happened to Dr. Hibbert? It's like, this, is not, this is not cool. So I hope that's not. I mean, there's so many ways that uh, we could deal with injustice. And I have to understand, like, for me personally, uh, if, 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 if for my white listeners, racial injustice is not us wanting more. It's just to be treated as equals. The same way you could, I'm okay with uh, Dr. Hibbert's voice being a white guy, the same way y'all should be okay with a black man fucking your white daughter. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> if, if I can accept this, you can accept that. That's <laughs> okay, right now I'd like to uh, make a disclaimer that I absolutely believe what I just said. And if you didn't like that <laughs> and you didn't laugh at that, fuck you because that shit was hilarious. Yeah, Anyways, I get that a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I support this message. I support that message. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, but yo, we gotta we gotta wrap this up because um, I've got to uh, irresponsibly teach a comedy class and do a dress for who the fuck does a dress rehearsal for a Zoom <laughs> fucking show where I'm the host. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm wearing a fucking bonnet and a T-shirt that says Mr. Right Now. And I am not changing. I am setting up in this outfit let, with the mean face like this is what you asked for. And I am teaching that class and I'm doing that shit. And um, ooh, 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 for all my listeners of Dedicated 40, check out uh, next on Tuesday, uh, the 1st or the 2nd of March, I believe, is it? I don't know. Who cares? Yo, Tuesday at 9 p.m. Um, check out uh, CTV Comedy because your boy is back on television. Uh, they're celebrating Black History Month and uh, they're celebrating the stellar comedians of Canada. Hey, and um, uh, I'm one of them. And so please make sure you guys check that out and uh, make I'm sure you guys I, I, laugh. I'm, I'm gonna be on the next one. You know, it's gonna happen. Yeah, then, uh, and uh, yo, be call me this time, but it's all right. Be easy, yo. Let the people know who you is so they can follow you and also cuss you out if uh, you're coming late ass. <laughs> yeah, man. Catch me on uh, all social media at BZBuzz. That's B-E-A-Z-Y-B-U-D-Z. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of yeah, yeah, yeah. the Comedy Reject Podcast. See you soon. <laughs>